I've spent my entire life literally obsessed with the pursuit of excellence. Now, after decades of deep study and self-exploration into a wide array of rigorous training systems, nutrition methods, and mindset practices, I'm here to share my experiences as well as learn from others who also strive to reach the pinnacle of their pursuits. I'm Coach Jeremy Whitmore, and this is The Apex Approach. Hey guys, Coach Whitmore here. You're listening to The Apex Approach. This is episode 13. I'm going to call this one The Parable of the Fruit Monkey. So the idea for this podcast came to me about three weeks ago. So I was um, finishing up spring season, uh, spring wrestling season here in, in uh, our little part of Virginia, in the southern part of the Shenandoah Valley. Uh, my club's the Red Pride Wrestling Academy. Get some. Anyways, uh, the final week we were working on this headlock position. So uh, basically, you call this a head and arm throw. Um, headlock throw, so from the feet, you you grab around their head and their arm, and you throw them to their back, and you end up in this uh, position where one guy's on top with with that head and the arm, and the other guy's usually squealing on bottom to to escape it. It's a really common position, especially like in youth and middle school wrestling. Um, We don't, it, it definitely effective, and we see people at the Division I level win huge matches with it all the time, but man, it can be, um, you live by the sword and you die by the sword. And what I tell, especially my little kids, I mean, you, you will you will live by the headlock and die by the headlock. And um, it has um, been the bane of many of youth coaches' existence. You know, on either side, whether it's it um, it saves the day and you come back and you you win a match you probably never should have won with with the headlock. But usually it's the other side where you're you're winning a match or um, by a lot and and or beating uh, an athlete that. We should be successful against, and all of a sudden they whip out the headlock, and that's and that can be checkmate. So I, I was spending a lot of time actually not on executing the throw itself from our feet, but actually once you get down into that position, and we got into both sides of it, right? So we spent we spent a practice or two um, really getting into the details of how do we finish, you know, we how, how do we collect the fall, you know, how do we get that pin from from the top of this headlock position. As well as the bottom part, okay. How once we are in that position, and uh, it's where a, a catastrophe has happened and the wheels are falling off the bus, how do we get out of it, man? And I will tell you, like a lot of wrestling, there are so much life lessons that come out of this this position, um, both sides, on top and on bottom, but. The theme today will be the life lesson that came out of when we're actually on top. So what was happening a lot, you know, through through the season, is we would get into this top position, a, a, a position that it really should be game over. Okay, we should be able to to find that that pinfall from the top position. But sure enough, as we're getting overly excited and and um, trying to get our our pin. We get rolled over, right? So the guy on, on the bottom wraps his arms around him. And as I'm trying to push you to your back, you just basically log roll over. And now guess what? Now I'm on my back, 
And we went from one of the best case scenarios to one of the worst case scenarios. And you talk about <laughs> a, a heartbreaking, beat your head against the floor moment for a, for a coach. Here you are as you actually execute a good head throw, a good head and arm. You're on top, and all of a sudden we get too excited and we, and we, and we roll over. So that was the, the, the technique we were discussing and trying to fine-tune. And so basically how not to get rolled over. And so I don't know where this, <laughs> where the memory came from, but I told the kids a story, and it was probably, I don't know, at least borderline inappropriate <laughs> as I had a, some first and second graders in there, and it, it's a little bit brutal. But whatever, I, I told the story, and I'm going to tell you guys. So, I don't know. It's I don't know when exactly. It's probably been at least 15 years ago. I, I don't watch much TV, but every now and then I will get into like a, a documentary or docu-series. And this one was um, about an indigenous tribe. I, I'm pretty sure it was in Africa, in the jungle somewhere, and uh, basically just watching their, their self-sustainable life. And this particular tribe, uh, monkey was what's for dinner. All right, so they, they did eat primates, um, which I, I don't think is super unusual for indigenous tribes that live in, in areas where primates also uh, thrive. But what was, what was <laughs> pretty crazy was how these people caught the monkeys. Okay, and I've seen um, in other areas of the world that them, you, they poison darts, of course, bows and arrows, and, and that type of weaponry used to, to capture and kill monkeys. But this particular tribe had a very interesting way of capturing these monkeys. So, And what they would do is they would dig these holes, these tunnels, straight down into the ground. All right, and they would place some fruits. I don't know if I don't know what it was, dates or berries or something. Place them down in the bottom of these tunnels, which were looked to be about I don't know about a foot deep. Not very big, because these were small monkeys that that they were after, and they had figured out that they would dig these holes just wide enough so that the monkeys could reach their hand down into the tunnel if their hand was open. But then when they would grab the fruit and they would go to pull it out, all right, the the tunnel was too narrow for the fist. So it was just wide enough for their open hand. But when they would make a fist, they would get stuck. All right, so here is, I'm watching the show. And... <laughs> There, you see these. They, they videotape these monkeys, you know, popping out of the trees because they see the fruit in there, smell it or whatever, and they go in there and they gr- grab in there, and they hand gets stuck, and they start trying to yank their hand out of these holes, and they're caught, and all of a sudden, you know, old boy comes out of the jungle with a with a flipping club in his hand, you know, slowly walking up to this monkeys, and these things are. Ah! Like screaming and yelling and carrying on, it, it was—it's dark. I mean, it's—it was hard to watch. And they just slowly walk on over to this monkey, trying to rip his hand out of the ground, and they bash it in the face. And now monkey's for dinner. 
All right, and I didn't make this up. <laughs> this is something I, well, I don't know if it's Natural Geographic or what. All right, but the obvious here, and what like what you're if you're like on Team Monkey, trying to trying to cheer them on watching the show, clearly. The only thing that monkey had to do to keep being a monkey and live is open your hand. Like Mr. Monkey, dude, let go. All you have to do to live is to let go of that piece of fruit and run away. All right? Obvious to all of us, but for whatever reason... Once that monkey got its grasp around that that food, it wasn't letting go, which ultimately contributed to its demise and its death. Okay, so maybe you can probably already see where I'm going with this. So I tell the kids this story of the fruit monkey. And they're looking at me wide-eyed and and bewildered, (laughs) um, hopefully not traumatized. And I say, guys, listen, this headlock position, when you're on top, okay, and you start pushing over their body to try to get a pin, and you feel yourself getting rolled over, all right, the only thing that you have to do, okay, to to maintain the position, to stay in the fight, okay, to not get yourself rolled over and probably pinned, is let go of the head. All right, you let go of the head, you post your arm on the other side, you ain't getting rolled over. All right? And there's a couple little technical things that you can do actually to, to maintain that position so that they stay on their back. All right? But if you keep holding on to the fruit, all right, the head and the arm, because you're too excited, all right, you're too, all right, one minded. And you can't detach for the moment and see what the what the problem is. Okay, you're gonna get rolled over. Strong kid, there's momentum. You you give too much press in one direction, you're gonna get rolled over. Okay, once you feel that, all you have to do is I let go with the head hand, post the other side, boom. So we start saying now is like, don't be the fruit monkey. And they, and they love it. It actually has turned into like a, a cool little thing I'm, I'm probably going to be able to use in the corner now. Fruit monkey! You know, so we're on top in a big match. I see him getting ready, getting ready to lose that position, get flipped over. Fruit monkey! All right, hand comes off the head, boom, we're good to go. So, thinking about that more, and obviously how it applied to, to this technique, and, and the, there's so much of these things, and the reason I want to start... This podcast, this is just in my time with fighting and wrestling. Like, there's so many of these, these like technical things and these stories that you can kind of derive from that clearly then have like a, a carryover in, in, into life. Okay. And I, I'm going to stay in my lane here. I'm, I'm not a, a psychologist or a counselor or a guru or life coach, or whatever people call themselves these days. So, obviously, you can say, you know, if you let it go and it comes back, it's yours. You got to let things go and you start to get all woo with it. I'm going to try to be a little more practical and also stay in my lane. So we're going to stay in kind of in the, in, in the wrestling and in the fight world, but also apply it to some, some life things that I've seen. Fruit monkey. So um, we watched, I watched Final X yesterday. So Final X is 
the basically the final wrestle off for the U.S. World Team. So this is a non-Olympic year. So you, so you got you, in most so Olympic sports, you have three years in a row where you compete in the World Championship. Okay, and then the fourth year you competed at the Olympic Olympics. So this is a world year. So for the U.S. USA wrestling, I word you know, going through this process of trying to figure out who's going to be the man or the woman that's going to represent the U.S. in each respective weight class to go to the World Championships. And this year, the kind of the final wrestle-off, if you will, was an event called the Final X. And um, if you're a wrestler, you know the name Jordan Burroughs. I mean, he is, he's in the conversation of being the GOAT with some other guys up there, Jordan Burroughs. Um, is up there with John Smith and Dan Gable and, um, you know, that, that level of discussion of possibly being one of the, one of the greatest of all time, although his, his heir is starting to come to an end. His, his father Tom is undefeated, right? So he's, he's Jordan's it and is an old man for senior level wrestling. And he wrestled a, a guy yesterday, Chance Marsteller. And um, punchline here is that Chance actually beat him. You know, so even even Jordan in his um, older age here, Jordan Burroughs was definitely the favorite to to win that match to go and represent the U.S. at the World Championships. But you know, Chance, you know, called it upset. But he's been here for years, um, pulled it off. Okay, and I'm not a Chance uh, Marsteller um, expert, but I do know his his story generally. And Chance was one of these guys. I think he was out of Ohio, but in high school, but he, he was on the radar to be pegged to be, you know, a, a guy that could have very well gone on to college wrestling and won four national titles, which is a, an extremely rare feat. I think there's less than five that five or less than five that have, have done it at this point. But out of high school, Chance was one of those guys that people were, were saying was could have done it. Um. And if you you give it a Google, he he very much underperformed his expectations. Um, and why he did that was because he fell um, like a lot of us in, into his demons. His his demons have won a good chunk of the last decade of, of Chance's life. I know he uh, said that he he got addicted to fentanyl and oxy and some some other um, opiates. Um, and, and it really ruined his life. And so we never really saw the in college the, the, the chance Marsteller that we probably could have. And I think a lot of us, I did, I kind of written him off. You know, I hadn't heard him from, hadn't heard him from him for a while. You know, he'd pop up every now, now and then on like an, uh, a national level event or something. But I wasn't really looking at Chance to, to, to do much. Well, here the last couple of years, he, he's really started to turn it on. And... This morning I watched the interview of, um, I don't know if it was USA Wrestling or Flow or somebody interviewed Chance after he beat Jordan Burroughs. And they said, listen, wh- what changed? You know, you've, you've had the, some run-ins with Jordan Burroughs before, and here you come to find a way. I should have beat him twice. Okay, not only do you have to be one of the greatest of all time once, but you got to beat him twice? All right, no one expected or thought that he could do that, but it, he did. So, yeah, the, the elephant in the room question, Chance, what what changed? And, man, I, I, 
I couldn't have had a bigger smile on my face. I, I knew I was overdue for this, um, the parable of the fruit monkey story. He said, the only thing that changed with me is I had to let something go. That's what he said. He goes, I had to let something go. That's what changed and allowed me to beat one of the greatest of all time. He said, what I had to let go was my addiction. He goes, I had to step back and look at myself now as a father. He was a coach. He started his own um, club up in New Jersey now, stellar trained. You know, and, he, and he's, he's now, you know, a role model, role model for, for a lot of little kids. And he said, I, I had to let these demons from my past go. He goes, once I did that, once I just let it go, okay, things started to change for me enough. You know, I'm now have been reborn to the Chance Marsteller that just beat Jordan Burroughs. And what an daggone amazing testimony. And how how true is that? And I could, I'm sure we all can lay down so many examples or, you know, of how situations in life, you just got to, sometimes you just got to let them go in order to, to, to move forward. I tell my kids a lot of times, hey, sometimes you got to take one step backwards in order to take two or three steps forward. It happens all the time. It happens in physical therapy practice. Okay, people come in, they get, they're really sore, they have a little flare up, but they're working hard and we're doing the right thing. So I say, listen, sometimes it, it, success looks like a lightning bolt going upwards. Okay, you take a couple steps forward, small step back. A couple steps forward, small step back. But as long as that lightning bolt's going up, okay, we're in the game, baby. Good, good things are happening. So we got to let go. We got to step backwards sometimes. And I'll tell you what, jujitsu does an amazing job of this. I think better than wrestling. You know, a lot of what they teach in jujitsu initially is like you, you can't just grab a hold of a limb and, and hold on to it and, and just kind of like will your way to the next position. Jujitsu is way more flowy. So you, get, you have to get, in order to get really excellent at it, like this concept of have to let go of something in order to advance is deeply rooted in Brazilian jiu-jitsu practice. And that was a hard one for me. If it coming from wrestling, my default was, if I'm getting to that, if I'm getting to that leg, that leg is mine. You ain't getting it back. If I grit hold your wrist, you get that wrist back when I tell you you get that wrist back. This is the kind of that mentality where you have to squeeze and hold on to things. I'm going to will my way with force. You know, and looking back on even that, like I wonder how much more success I would have had if I would have been more willing and able to like not just always force feed different positions and techniques and just be a little more open and flowy. I think you look at some of the, the best grapplers, certainly wrestlers, um, fighters, they do a good job of what, you know, Bruce Lee talks about, like being like water and just flowing and being just as able, all right, to hold on to something we need to, Okay, because we need that too. I'm gonna come back to that. But also, like, just as willing as to to let go of things and just flow. But now, what's and I'm thinking out loud here, um, and I appreciate you guys letting me do this and listen to me here. Is I, I don't know beyond this life experience how to train that or coach that. Because listen, there there is probably equal number of positions, if not more in wrestling when I'm coaching, that you don't you dare let go of that. 
Right? Once you have that bar, man, don't you keep that fist on your back. Or have that leg sucked into my chest. And I'm trying to cut that corner. Don't you let go of that. Right? You keep your squeeze. There's so many also te- techniques that require being bullheaded and going the other way to be at a, at a high success. And even in life. All right, without going into too much details, and uh, probably a lot of you married people can um, also give testament to it. Like, listen, there's been times like in marriage that, dude, you got to just, if I just let it go and walked away and went for flow, I'm like, yeah, you know, let's, it probably just won't work out now because this, this sucks and it's getting hard and I'm just going to go over here. You know, I'm going to let it go. Dude, I wouldn't be married. I certainly wouldn't be, be married to Sarah still versus like, I'm going to grab a hold of this hard thing. I'm going to lean into it, and we're going to figure it out. I'll tell you that. So that technique has gotten us through more marriage problems than the flow. Now, but within that, what I've learned to avoid getting to, like, the cat- catastrophe phase in marriage is that I got to let, like, I let the little stuff go through the day. So, like, I'm not going to start a fight over her I don't know, like leaving cups all over the, the sink and all over the house, which is like an early marriage. I may have been like, I'm, I might get all pissed off about that. Something little. No, dude, I'm just going to pick up that glass and go put it away. Because guess what? It's my house too. It's my responsibility. So, and there's like tons of little examples of these little pet peeve things that I think, you know, as you, as our marriage have grown in a relationship, like, I just let that go. I'm just, I'm not going to get upset about it because if I learn, if I can like, let that go and flow like through the, through our, our relationship, then I don't have to go beast mode because things are falling apart and I have to like, Oh, I went to something. And like, it, it's just much easier to have these little, to, to let go of some little battles. So, and I don't know how beyond me just telling you guys that, like, I guess maybe just learn to detach. But again, like, how, how's that, pra- like, practically speaking, I think it's just, for me, I love other people's thoughts on this, but it's life experience, man. And that's why, you know, coming back to things like jiu-jitsu and fighting and wrestling, experience matters. Like, we, we, we want to get a lot of matches and tournaments and get dip- positions because there's just some lesson that you just can't you can't speak it right i can't can't tell you what to do there like you're gonna have to in that moment you're gonna have to have enough experience and wisdom and be able to like detach enough to be able to make the right call is the right call holding on tight because i need that too or am i gonna be better off letting go fruit monkey and I can't always, as a coach and as a dad, as a husband, I can't always tell you what you, you need to do in that in those situations. I'm a guide, you know, even at my work with physical therapy. You know, a lot of what I'm doing is it's, it's a whole lot of educated guessing based off what people bring to the table and how they're doing. And people a lot of times want to know, what exactly do I, can, what exactly movements can I do and not do? And I, I don't know exactly because... We're all built different, and there's millions of human movement patterns. And I can, can based off, I can give you some really educated and experienced advice and guidance, but ultimately, 
Okay, we all kind of got to make those little mini decisions on, on our own. I guess the point here I'm trying to make is it really is a balance in all things, I think, and with most of our work, definitely with our relationships, and in sporting event, sporting, especially combat sports, okay, wrestling, MMA, boxing. Like sometimes, you, like you need to be, you need to understand how to flow as much as you understand how to crash. And I'm just so very thankful for my upbringing with sports like wrestling and and jiu-jitsu and fighting. Cause I just don't know if there's a better. I, I I don't know if there's a better tool for teaching those type of lessons than those very difficult, hard individual sports. And that's why I think every kid should should at least go out for wrestling or jujitsu for at least a year. Hopefully more than that, but. You just learned so much. And this is the, the fruit monkey parable is just one of many that you know, I know I've talked about and will continue to talk about. But yeah, so the parable of the fruit monkey. I hope you guys uh, can think about that one. I hope it applies to something in, in, in your life or in your sport. And it ultimately boils down to, to experience and being open-minded and willing to kind of look at a different approach in the moment and choose wisely. So, go be different. Go be the apex 